Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Tonight, more dirty deals from Hunter Biden have been uncovered and his emails show that his attorneys were ready for criminal charges to be filed any day. John Solomon from Just the News has the breaking news that reveals the damning emails found on Hunter's laptop. And Nancy Pelosi just changed the mask rules on the House floor. She says you can throw away the mask if you've been vaccinated. But Congressman Louis Gohmert says that's not good enough. And he joins us just a little later with some words for Nancy. And over in Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu is about to be pushed out as prime minister. So what does that mean for the future of Israel? We'll tell you. Ohio U.S. Senate candidate, candidate and MAGA warrior Josh Mandel is here to break it down for us and give us an update on his fight against the rhino Republicans in his state. And over at CNN, they brought back one of the slimiest and most disgraceful commentators. He's back on air. We'll tell you about that. Daryl Scott and Bruce Lavelle are here with a major smackdown for CNN. It's a jam-packed show. All of that and more on this Freedom Friday edition of Dr. Gina Primetime. Good evening, everybody. I'm Dr. Gina. Welcome to Primetime. Joe and Jill Biden have a lot to prove in the upcoming G7 summit. If you compare the massive success on the one hand of Donald Trump's presidency in his first 100 days with the weak, incompetent, degenerating first 100 days of Joe Biden and his border crisis and uh, Kamala Namics and all the rest of it, you realize that as they take the world stage, their incompetence promises to be magnified. Jill Biden probably realizes that her husband isn't capable of looking anything except bumbling. And so she decided to try to mimic the grace and dignity of the first lady that spoke several languages, understood the gravity of history and communism in ways that Jill never will, and was married to someone who knew how to make a country great in a matter of months with gracious but effective use of power. Something that Joe Biden could never understand despite decades now in public office. So. Jill, understandably, decided to emulate the very successful Melania Trump. The problem is Melania Trump was a fashion icon and an international model prior to becoming first lady. She knew how to take the stage and impress in the ways that mattered. Melania never had to upstage her husband or fill in where he couldn't. She was her own person with her own sense of style that outshone even Jackie Kennedy among first ladies in American history. Jill Biden trying to emulate Melania is a grave and embarrassing area for Jill, uh, error rather for Jill Biden. The first mistake Jill made was this one. Listen. Preparing for a meeting like the one with President Putin at the end of this Oh, I think he's so well prepared. I mean, he's, you know, we've, he's been studying for weeks, um, you know, working up to today. Of course, he knows most of the leaders that uh, that'll be here. And um, Joe <laughs> loves foreign policy. This is his forte. So uh, I think the meetings are going to be great. Prepared for the meeting? Oh my gosh, he's, he's over prepared. Last one. 
Now, if your husband has been in public life for almost five decades, he shouldn't need to study for weeks to just take the world stage with other world leaders that presumably he's known for a while. That alone is embarrassing. Jill admitted that Joe had to study for weeks and weeks because, frankly, Joe can't read a teleprompter. We all know that. So we shouldn't expect him to be able to address a world audience these days. Donald Trump was known for going off the cuff and off prompter. He ran multiple companies, and his negotiation skills at these meetings were unparalleled among other world leaders. Joe Biden has never created a job or run a company or even had to make a living in the private sector like most of us have. But add to that, that despite decades living on the public dole as a, an elected official, and then when you consider how his mental capacity is deficient now, um, he probably needs Jill to step in. So the part about her saying he's been studying for weeks is probably true. Studying just how to conduct himself in a crowd, how to remember basic things like names and faces. He probably had flashcards of people he already should know and probably a few cultural directives as well so that he doesn't embarrass our country any more than he already has, at least not publicly. So then came Jill's worst mistake. She could never hope to have the grace, class, or dignity of a Melania Trump. She's more what kids today might call a Karen. She's frumpier, whinier, marmier, uh, you know, but fine, but desperate to defend an incompetent husband. And this is when you definitely don't go to the effort to copy up. But the Bidens are so Trump-obsessed, as they have proved since the moment they set foot in this White House, they can only ever copy the Trumps. They have no original ideas except to be defensive against the Trumps. So Jill Biden did what any simple mind would do and tried to copy Melania. Bad timing. You don't hold a candle to her, Jill. This is when you do your best to be you. You do the best you, you can. A smart Chanel suit or a solid bindle or a classic Halston dress would have gone a long way to help her be taken seriously and not to look so Trump-obsessed. You can't follow in the heels of Melania Jill, but she tried. She wore this Dalmatian-dotted Target version of the upscale and original Melania jacket that totally made liberal heads explode, you'll remember when Melania wore it. Now, everyone knew that the I don't care do you was probably, probably Melania's proverbial, fashionable, appropriate, uh, gorgeous trolling of a middle finger to the media that she knew would spin whatever she did in a negative light. She trolled them in front of their own spin, and it was beautiful. The whole world laughed at the propaganda press as they tried to spin it that she somehow didn't care about children or some such idiocy. But no one except sheeple idiots believed the press's propaganda, and it was obviously so good that Jill had to copy. But Jill came up with the most unoriginable, unoriginal, unfashionable, uncouth, and frankly, snickerworthy love jacket with a Dalmatian dotted dress underneath. Now, whomever let her leave the house like that was not her friend, as my daughter Lily told me. And it's true. Don't copy to impress. Always be the most authentic, honest you that you can be. That leads to a creativity and an honesty that people can see and is instantly magnetic. I think we can eliminate the word Karen to re refer to the unoriginal, narcissistic, mask hole types or the whiners of the world. From now on, they can just be Jill Biden's.
And that's your new doctor's orders for today. Coming up, more damning Hunter Biden emails come to light each day. His laptop from hell keeps haunting him, but the mainstream media is silent. But we have John Solomon up next to give us this breaking news on Hunter, and you won't believe the story we have next for you. We'll bring it to you right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay put. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Happy Freedom Friday, everybody. We have some breaking news on Hunter Biden and his dirty deals over at Just the News. Back in 2016, emails from Hunter Biden's laptop show that he and his lawyers were ready for some criminal indictments regarding some unpaid taxes for Hunter's overseas work with the Ukrainian gas, gas, gas company Burisma. Uh, here to break it down for us is the founder of Just the News, the one and only, the legendary John Solomon. John Solomon, <laughs> thanks for coming back two days in a row. You break we such good stuff. We can't resist having you back, Aww, John. Give you. us the details thank of you. this new breaking story that you just put up today. Well, let's take everybody back to the impeachment trial of Donald Trump, because the Democrats' key argument was Donald Trump had no right to ask Ukraine to investigate Burisma and Hunter Biden, because Hunter Biden hadn't done anything wrong. And they've kept that line up through the debates. Joe Biden uses it. Well, guess what? Hunter Biden knew he had done something wrong. His lawyers and his inner circle knew back in 2016. What was that? He failed to pay taxes on the most of the first million dollars in money, he got paid by Burisma. He didn't pay the IRS. And they panicked in the summer of 16, as the presidential election between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump was heating up, because they got a subpoena. A subpoena dropped into their office because Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, was about to be indicted for a fraud. And they had to give up some records, which included a company where his Burisma payments were coming through. And they realized, hey, you didn't pay taxes on this in 2014, and you didn't pay enough for 2015. We got to come up with a narrative and fix this. And so they scrambled in the spring and summer to make sure that he didn't get ensnared in the criminal case. And then remarkably, they kind of dodged that bullet. And six, eight months later, his accountant goes back to Hunter Biden and said, hey, Hunter, you still didn't pay the taxes in 2014 on your Burisma money. He was tax dodging. He wasn't paying his money. And they've known that secret for five years, even as they looked into the camera day in and day out and said, Hunter Biden never did anything wrong. It's a shame that anyone would think of investigating it. Wow and wow. And all the while accusing not just Donald Trump, but all of Donald, most of Donald Trump's children and folks around him of everything in the book, including this, and yeah. uh, while having no proof. It, it, it is it is mind-boggling. It always reminds me of children on a playground, John, because, you know, my my study is the psychology of politics. That's what I like to look at. And, right. and the psychology here is literally when, you, when the gym teacher runs out on the playground and somebody hits somebody and all the kids point at each other. That's what this yeah. is. This is this is projection yeah. at its absolute worst. This, but this yeah. is what grade school children do, John. This isn't what adults do. 
Well, it, you know, it's in, in addition to projection, it's dishonesty. They've been lying to the American people. They knew this. Listen, I got called a conspiracy theorist when I started to look into this. There's nothing about Burisma. What have we learned since they stopped attacking me? The State Department thought that uh, Hunter Biden had undercut U.S. policy in Ukraine and the fight against corruption. The feds are currently investigating Hunter Biden for tax evasion. He uh, knew he had not paid his taxes in 1560, and they were they were going to get caught then. And here's another revelation in the story. How many people get a job, right, on the board of a company and then have to pay a monthly kicker fee to the person who got him the job? In these documents, we find out Hunter Biden was shelling out ten dollars to $25,000 a month as a finder's fee to the Ukrainian who helped him land this job. Who does that? That doesn't sound right. And all of that they knew in real time, and they've kept it, and they've attacked people for looking at it. But little by little, we're getting the documents the FBI has, and we're showing the American people what really went on. So we can show the American people, we can tell the truth. You're getting millions and millions of hits on your website uh, at justthenews.com. If people want the details, you put the documents right there. This isn't a matter of opinion. Uh, this, is, this is certainly no guesswork. None of this, none of this is based on uh, unnamed sources or any of the things that the propaganda press does. This is all real stuff. You have the real documents there. John, are we going to see anyone get in trouble for this? Well, I have confirmed that these documents are specifically in the possession of the FBI. It's part of what they're looking at, this pattern of paying or not paying taxes. Uh, they're looking at some foreign lobbying questions, whether there were disclosure problems with him or people who are working for him. Uh, they're looking at some money laundering, as uh, Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley brought to light those suspicious activity reports. This investigation has been going on for a while. And the question is, will there ever be accountability? Will you know Hunter Biden's going around saying, I don't think I'm going to have any problem. I'm, I'm in the clear. I'm going to be fine. We'll see. Uh, but we do know he didn't pay his taxes in 14 and 15. At least his lawyers and his accountants thought that. And uh, so far, he hasn't paid a penalty for that. While the band plays on about race and dogs and ice cream flavors, uh, thank you for doing an actual <laughs> job of a journalist. John Solomon, uh, Thanks, you're a superhero. Gita. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank Keep you. up the great work. Hey, well, Thanks. All right. Uh, the battle on the floor of the House of Representatives isn't over legislation these days. It is over masks. Today, Nancy Pelosi finally announced that if members of Congress did take the experimental COVID uh, shot, then they would be allowed to go maskless. But many Republicans have told Pelosi that their private medical information is none of her actual business and will not reveal whether they have received that shot. Congressman Louis Gohmert has been in the middle of this battle and he joins us now. Congressman, always great to see you. Thank you, Dr. Gina. Always good to be with you. Congressman, tell me, will you hand over your private medical records for Nancy Pelosi to file through so she can determine uh, whether you may remove your mask in the House chamber? Yeah, this is exactly what the big state or the, uh, I can't say big brother on the House floor because they've, you know, made it illegal <laughs> to say right. mother, father. You'll get a fine. So it's it's really big sibling here. And that's, she is playing out the Orwellian scenario uh, right before us. Uh, yeah, they want to have all of your medical records. Uh, they got a lot of the financial records. But no, this is, uh, they've forgotten about HIPAA that was passed long before I ever got there. And it was a bit of overkill in that bill, but uh, 
patients' privacy means something, and they're wanting to use the COVID, use this great critical time to push through more uh, far-reaching efforts to know every little thing about you, no more privacy. And it's okay because in their minds, the government is the one that needs to know everything, just like they did in the Soviet Union. That is what we are moving toward. And no, she doesn't need to know about that. She doesn't need to be requiring vaccine passports. That will, that this vaccination frenzy uh, that that Fauci is just keeps pushing. Uh, you wonder how much has he made off this already? Uh, and, and certainly he made a lot of money by getting people to condemn hydroxychloroquine, zithromycin, the, that that uh, regimen. Uh, so, but for him, you know, it's about power and money. For Pelosi and the leading Democrats, it's all about control. And so, no, we don't. We should not have to have uh, proof of any vaccination to get on the House floor. And in fact, the uh, Article One, Section Six makes very clear we're not to be even slowed down to get onto the House floor. Um, of course, that was put into the Constitution back when they knew that there was no, there were no airplanes, so you'd be crossing other states. Well. Other states' law enforcement could stop you, harass you for one thing and another, and you wouldn't get back there to an important session. So they put it in the Constitution. You can't detain somebody on the way to a session, to or from, actually. And actually, that's what they've done with magnetometers, and that's what she's yeah. trying to do with uh, the masks now. Just it is kind of uh, like a it is kind of like a beautiful get a six 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 tattoo on our heads <laughs> and make it a lot quicker for them I guess and that is well, sarcasm. That's, that's... There's a lot of people who don't know sarcasm. Yes, yes, exactly. That's what the media will report after this interview, um, is that you suggested that. Um, you know, it is sort of a beautiful symphonic thing when the left gets itself in a in a in a tizzy like you're talking about where you know they they wrote the HIPAA stuff let's be honest they they wrote yeah. that so that their friends who are the very wealthy trial attorney lobby right would have lots of reasons to sue doctors I mean and, and hospitals and all the rest of it like that that's the reason they originally wrote that you're right it went too far but the original idea is good but what they did as they will so often do okay. is bastardized what was a great idea and used it for the purpose of suing people um, and, and, and I love that it then sort of conflicts as Democrats will so often do uh, with now what they want to do, which is control people. Do you yeah. think that the HIPAA laws, uh, knowing the laws as you do, uh, will be able to be used um, to stop this? What is really not just a, a representative infringement, um, as you mentioned, a constitutional yeah. infringement, but but is really a privacy infringement, as you mentioned, on average citizens, not just important folks like you. <laughs> well, but the thing is, since the vaccine works so well, as they keep saying, then if they've been vaccinated, what are they worrying about? They don't have yeah. anything to worry about. If you've had the vaccine, and frankly, if you've had COVID, uh, we don't hear a lot of uh, about uh, people uh, every now and then somebody will say, oh, I had it twice. 
But the thing is, they're around to say, I had it twice. You don't okay. see people that have a lot of uh, fatal second bouts with COVID. So uh, there is something. I know I had COVID. I've had the antibodies, been tested a couple of times. I've given plasma with antibodies in it for other people and glad to do that. But uh, uh, there's a lot we don't know. And there are some indications that, uh, gee, if you've had it, that may be better than the vaccinations. Uh, because now they're saying you're going to have to have boosters ever so often, maybe every year, maybe six months. Uh, but uh, I, I think I had the very best vaccination you could have when I had it and I got the antibodies. And uh, I'm feeling good about things, and everybody that had vaccinations should be f feeling good about things. Um, so why is she Well, and, and the bottom line is, the bottom line is, I mean, we don't know the long-term effects of putting someone's right. immune system through having the virus and then getting a vaccine and then getting another vaccine, especially uh, depending on, you know, for young people, that can be especially dangerous. Um, yeah. I do think it's interesting. Uh, there's a global airline body, the IATA, that I'm sure you're familiar with, um, that has already done a, an approval to do a travel pass, Congressman. Um, so this is essentially what we know is coming at us. This is this is the the vaccine. And I don't even like to call it a vaccine because it's not a vaccine. It's an experimental shot. Um, but this is the vaccine passport that that is coming at us for now for airline travel. It's going to be coming soon to a theater near you, as they like to say. Um, what, what are you how far do you think this is going to go and how fast, Congressman? It's going to go just as far as people allow it to go. Uh, now we have people in the world who want that one world order where there's one government and everybody uh, has to step up and do exactly what they're told by the big sibling government. That's what this is. It's exactly what it is. And it's more yeah. control. Yeah. And that means not only do you have to uh, open up all your medical records to the U.S. government, then it means you have to open it up to the world government, uh, which is, again, where so many of these power-hungry people want to, want us to be. So it's got to well, stop. Well, those Democrat trial attorneys aren't going to be stop. happy, are they? Yeah. <laughs> but it's the only way it stops is if people say, no, you, you're demanding right. to know all about our medical history in order for us to get on an airplane. We're not flying. Uh, yeah, the air, airlines have been saying, you know, we'd kind of like to make everybody have vaccines. Some of them have been looking at it. And then you have the world order here demanding it. Well, if people say, I'm not coming to your country ever again, if I have to open up all my medical records to you, um, and then let's see, are, are they doing well they with no visitors? Uh, that's fine. Right. Okay, Congressman, down in your home state of Texas, your governor has announced that he's tired of waiting for Biden to secure the border. Governor Abbott says Texas will build the rest of the southern border wall. I'm presuming you're for that. Isn't a border wall considered infrastructure? Shouldn't this be part of Biden's infrastructure bill? It, it sure should be part of an infrastructure bill, and it is critical infrastructure. It is costing us billions by not having 
a wall there. And and heck, Gina, I was would have been happy with just taking the Pelosi wall around the Capitol and taking it down there. There's probably five yeah. miles that we could have used right there, and and uh, you know reduce the cost of of expanding the wall. But uh, when I was down there, I guess in March, uh, riding down the Rio Grande River, uh, I had not seen this big fence or wall very high and uh it, it was it was like two in the morning and i i was asking the texas dps guys is their boat so what what is that all lit up and they said oh that's a land private landowner got sick of uh people coming through and and tearing things up and robbing him blind so he did a gofundme and um had contributions he built about three miles of wall and has tv cameras has it completely lit up and guess what people don't cross his land anymore they go around his land so i think knowing those things the governor probably had to figure you know what we're going to save a lot of taxpayer money uh, for texans if we just go ahead and build this wall. So I, I think it's great what the governor is saying we're gonna do, we just need to do it. All right, Louis Gohmert, just doesn't get any better than that. Thank you for coming on this show. We always enjoy having you. Always love being with you, Gina, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Coming up, we keep our eyes on that Arizona audit. We are laser focused and also we take a look at the major changes happening right now in Israel. This is fascinating. By Monday morning, Netanyahu will no longer be prime minister. What will that mean for the Middle East stability and the Holy Land? We will tell you up next on Dr. Gina Primetime. And welcome back to this Freedom Friday edition of Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad you're with us. This week, we showed you how Arizona, specifically Maricopa County, is becoming a pilgrimage site for MAGA candidates all across the country. Georgia is a long way from Arizona, but Vernon Jones, who's running for governor in Georgia, just toured the audit site and then went down to the border for a first-hand look at the crisis. And the Washington Post has even noticed this. They wrote a story smearing the audit process and the MAGA candidates who are supportive of it. But I think a hit job in the Washington Post actually only emboldens America First conservatives these days. And even though Minnesota is a long way from Arizona, my next guest, who is running for attorney general in that state, has his eye on the audit there as well. Doug Wardlow joins us now. Doug, good to see you. Hi, Gina. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, thank you for all the good work you're doing. I've been following your work, and thanks for being a champion for the cause of truth and freedom. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for thank you for being on here today. Now, you're taking on one of the worst attorneys general in the U.S. We know the name, Keith Ellison, and law and order, huge issue for all Americans, not just MAGA voters. So, um, you know, anti-police AG like Keith Ellison, he's got to be worried about a challenge from someone like you right now, yes? Yes, it absolutely is. You know, Keith Ellison is the uh, most radical attorney general in the country. He's really a national leader of uh, of the far left. And so the people of Minnesota are fed up with politicians like Keith Ellison who put their politics and political agendas and far left social agendas ahead of law and order and public safety. They want to change. And so in about 17 months now, we're going to have an election and we're going to replace uh, Keith Ellison as attorney general of Minnesota. And this is a very important race, not just for Minnesota, but for the entire nation, because Keith Ellison is such a radical and, and such a leader of the of the national 
uh, left. So we replace him, we can push back and turn back the tide against the leftists and, and take back our country for the cause of the rule of law. Yeah, and uh, you know, it is it is exciting that you are in this race um, because we're watching these Arizona audits and you are watching them as closely as anyone who lives in that state. And that's a big impetus, isn't it, in part of the reason you're running? Absolutely it is. You know, these audits are absolutely critical. You know, the elective franchise, as Thomas Jefferson said, is really the, the arc of safety, he called it, that protects our constitutional order. So this is about even more than just making sure we know uh, who gets the uh, most votes in any particular election. This is about uh, protecting our representative republic. Because if the elective franchise isn't functioning properly, if people lose confidence in the functioning of the elective franchise, then everything falls apart. Because the, the elections are the conduit through which sovereignty, which resides in the people, comes down to empower and legitimize our government and our government officials. So if it's not functioning properly, if people lose confidence in that, then everything is destabilized, everything is delegitimized. So it couldn't be more important than this. This goes to the protection of our constitutional order itself. We need to get to the bottom of what happened on November 3rd in Arizona and in other states. And so I'm very pleased that they're doing that audit that's moving forward and uh, that we'll be having some results in, in, in the coming weeks. It's a, it's, it's a very good thing. We, the American people deserve to know the truth about what happened on November 3rd. And um, election integrity really is the name of the game. Um, that is the big issue competing with the border crisis. Um, is this the issue that you feel like is pivotal, most pivotal in your race right now with your constituency? Well, it's one very pivotal issue, of course, because this really goes to the heart of our, our democratic republic, right? There are many other issues as well. Uh, law and order is another uh, critical issue. You know there's been unrest in Minnesota ever since the George Floyd uh, killing back uh, last May and ever since then we've had riots breaking out in Minneapolis, especially last summer, but then again just uh, a couple of months ago. And Keith Ellison yeah. has been standing back and really doing nothing. He's watched Minneapolis and St. Paul burn. He has gone out to the press and, and, and said things that encourage lawlessness. You know, he said that people should would be right to direct their anger at, at the police. He suggested that. He misquoted uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and said that uh, riots are the way that the unheard get heard, basically encouraging lawlessness and a culture of lawlessness. And meanwhile, he's prosecuting police, taking over prosecutions of police, uh, but he hasn't taken over a single prosecution of anybody who's behind the unrest or fomenting violence or, or Antifa members coming into our state uh, to cause chaos and problems. He hasn't done any of that. So it shows you where his priorities are and it shows that he's just using the attorney general's office to push a radical social agenda and trying to transform and weaken America. And uh, it's going to be an interesting race to watch for sure. Will you come back and keep us posted on your race? Absolutely. I'd love to do that. And how can, how can people get involved? Uh, people can get involved by going to our website, DougWardlowAG.com, and they can sign up to volunteer and, and learn more about the race there and, and, and contribute and all that good stuff. So we, we've got an army of folks that are joining up for the cause of the rule of law and the cause of liberty uh, to fight against Keith Ellison and to fight for our founding principles here in Minnesota and across the country. DougWorldlowAG.com. We'll look it up. We'll check it out. And we're excited to have you back soon so you can give us updates. Thank you so much for being with us, Doug. Thank you, Gina. All right. And um, all right, there is some very interesting news, as I told you about, out of Israel right now. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will not be prime minister by the time we wake up Monday morning here in the U.S. and the next time I'm with you. And that worries me, especially since there's a lot of tension right now in the Middle East and so much is shifting. So I reached out to the person who I know can break it all down. He's running for Senate in Ohio. He is also a big supporter of Israel. 
and he has a lot to tell us about this. Josh Mandel, great to see you. Hey, Dr. Gina, always good to be on. Josh, I was especially afraid for the Holy Land in the Middle East when I heard Netanyahu was on his way out, but I'm hearing mixed things about this. It's very hard for a country with a two-party system, I think, to understand what is happening over there. Can you, can you tell us about this? Uh, sure. Israeli politics is uh, it's, it's impossible for any of us to understand, and I think there's a lot of folks over there who struggle with it. Um, but essentially, it's, it's about building coalitions, and Netanyahu lost his coalition. Uh, Bennett built a coalition, and you know we'll see how it all plays out. At the end of the day, you know when I think of the U.S.-Israel relationship, you know I think that Israel is the only true friend that the United States has in the Middle East. Uh, it's the only country in the Middle East that looks like America, that shares our values. And so as an American policymaker policy and a future U.S. senator from the United States, you know, I will do everything I can to you know, strengthen and advance a strong U.S.-Israel relationship. Uh, and also, you know, one of the things that's important is that we as Americans stand up for our friends. It's something that Obama missed and didn't get, something that Biden is obviously failing on now. But it's something that President Trump understood very clearly. Treat our friends like friends and treat our enemies like enemies. And, uh, you know, Israel obviously is the greatest friend the United States has in the Middle East. So do you predict great changes based on what is happening in Israel right now with this election? Or do you think because it's I, I like to think of the coalitions. I know when I visited the Knesset there in Israel, it, in my mind, when they brought up these their party in the system, it, the, the thought that occurred to me was it reminded me of our political caucuses. And so that's the way I try to think of it. So like if, the, if a caucus chose a new figurehead, is that, is that sort of a good way to think of it? And if so, what kinds of changes do you expect we'll see based on uh, new leadership that is not Netanyahu? Sure, I think it's a good analogy. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of similarities there. And, you know, in the Knesset there, uh, the you know, politics are, are advanced by, by building coalitions. And, and a lot of it's based on personal relationships. You know, you see folks who yesterday are foes, today are allies, tomorrow they're foes. And it's been like that there for, for a long time. Uh, listen, Bennett is a hardliner as well, as well. And I say hardliner in a good way. You know, he's someone who I believe will allow Jews to continue to build and conduct commerce throughout Judea and Samaria. And you know, my feeling and the feeling of like all the evangelical Christians who so strongly support me here in Ohio and throughout the United States is that the Jewish people in Israel, they should have a right to, to build and live and live peacefully in any corner of the, the Jewish state. The Palestinian uh, people, it, it's a fictional people from a fictional land. Um, there, it, it's just, it's just made up. And you know, I think when you look at how the Arab countries have treated the Palestinian people, they don't want them either. Uh, and you know, they're in Gaza, they're acting like complete animals, uh, trying to kill innocent women and children in Israel, um, Jews. But they're also using their own women and children as human shields. I mean, it's just it's coward cowardice, uh, and uh, it's just like animal-like behavior. It's medieval-like behavior. In other foreign policy news, the G7, as you know, is getting kicked off. Biden's not ready for it. Here is what Jill Biden said her husband had to do just to go to this meeting. Listen. Preparing for a meeting like the one with President Putin at the end of this. Oh, I think he's so well prepared. I mean, he's, you know, we've 
he's been studying for weeks, um, you know, working up to today. Of course, he knows most of the leaders that, uh, that'll be here. And um, Joe <laughs> loves foreign policy. This is his forte. So uh, I think the meetings are gonna be great. Oh my gosh, he's, he's over-prepared. Joe, Josh, Joe's been studying for weeks. He has been a senator since I believe he was 29. He's pushing 80. What is to study for weeks to meet with people that he should know and be familiar with? This should not be, you know, the MCAT for him. Exactly. Listen, the Biden family, by allowing Joe to, to run for president, committed, I believe, what's elder abuse. And uh, listen, it, it's this could happen to any of us. Dementia can happen to any of us. But I think sure. we all know that Joe Biden is not all there. He is not running the country. And it's just not right that his family allowed him to run for president in, the, in this state of mind. It's also scary as Americans, because as Americans, you know, we need a president like Trump who can be strong against China, strong against Russia, and stand up to this crazy climate hoax and all this garbage that you know, these European leaders try to push. Listen, at the, at the end of the day, this whole conversation that they want to have about quote unquote global warming, that's not what they want to talk about. What they want to talk about is US warming because they want to totally ignore China and India who are the actual polluters. Show me another country in the world that has a federal EPA, a state EPA, city and county environmental groups as well. I mean, that's the United exactly. States of America. But in China, that's right. that's in right. India, I mean, the, they're dumping garbage into the sea. They're polluting our water, polluting our air, polluting the atmosphere, yeah. and they get away with yeah. it. And so all Biden is doing by giving in and bowing down to this whole like climate hysteria led by Leonardo DiCaprio and Al Gore and all these lunatic hypocrites, all he's doing is weakening America and sticking it to the American worker. Because every time- well, and giving and giving a lot of money, actually, to a lot of his friends and big donors, padding a lot of pockets there. That's that's how Democrat politics works in general. Josh, we're almost out of time, um, but I do want to quickly hear how we can help in your Senate race. You have one of the most exciting Senate races uh, out there, so do tell us about it. Thanks for asking, Dr. Gina. Uh, my website is joshmandel.com, J-O-S-H-M-A-N-D-E-L.com. Uh, I'm not going to Washington to make friends. I'm not going there to be civil or for bipartisanship. I'm going to Washington to fight, fight for the Trump America first agenda, fight to stand up for the constitution and fight to take on the establishment. We're not just gonna drain the swamp. We're gonna blow up the swamp. We hope you join our cause at joshmandel.com. And Dr. Gina, it's such an honor to be on your show. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours. And I really think that you're at the pointy tip of the spear in standing up for who we are and what we are as proud Americans. Well, and right back at you, Josh Mandel. Thank you so much for taking time. I know you stepped out of an event, which you always seem to be willing to do for this show. Thank you. God bless you. And do keep us posted on your race. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Gina. Coming up, you will not believe the dirt bag that CNN just put back on air. That's next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. And it is now time for some news you didn't know. And here to help us always from our RAV headquarters in Denver, Colorado, Jessica Rivera. Great to see you, Jessica. Dr. Gina, United Healthcare has decided to delay the start date for its new emergency room visit policy, a policy that has been receiving major backlash. The new ER policy will allow United Healthcare to reject claims for non-emergency visits to the emergency room. But according to patient advocacy groups and healthcare experts, the new policy will discourage people from getting help medically. 
On the other hand, United Healthcare is defending its new policy, saying some people rely too heavily on the emergency room, costing close to $32 billion a year, which in turn drives up healthcare costs. United Healthcare also says it isn't a blanket rejection policy and it will take into account the reasoning as to why the person went to the ER and whether the patient's health was really at risk. Dr. Gina, United Healthcare's goal is for people to actually think about whether they're making a trip to the ER for a good reason or can they go to urgent care or wait to see their primary doctor. But what the policy isn't very clear about and what United Healthcare has not clarified is to see your doctor, you usually have to make an appointment, which is a couple days or longer out, and they're usually not available on weekends. When it comes to urgent cares, they're more flexible and usually open on the weekends, but they're not 24 hours. So what does United Healthcare expect someone to do in the middle of the night? And who at United Healthcare will be making that decision? Not to mention, United Healthcare mentioned how expensive the ER is for healthcare prices. But what about when hospital ER bills aren't paid at all due to bankruptcies and delinquent accounts. So Dr. Gina, the policy was supposed to begin July 1st, but has been delayed till after the pandemic is over. So those insured by United Healthcare will just have to wait and see how this plays out for them. Back to you. Thanks, Jessica. All right, we have a fake news alert. And here to help us break down the fake news of the day are two of my favorite Freedom Friday guests, the host of SmackDown, seen right here on Saturday nights. You don't want to miss it. Daryl Scott. And it's not Friday without our own Bruce Lavelle. Great to see both of you. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. All right. Now, this CNN story is about as grotesque as it gets. CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tobin was suspended from being on air at CNN last year. Y'all remember. And he was also fired as a writer uh, from The New Yorker after an incident uh, from a Zoom call. You guys remember this. But they brought him back on air and they just uh, got it all out there and addressed the incident head on. Listen. Let's bring in CNN Chief Legal Analyst Jeffrey Tubin to talk about this and more. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, Allison. It's been a while. It has been a while, indeed. I feel like we should address um, what's happened in the months since we've seen you, since some of our viewers may not know what has happened. So uh, I guess I'll recap. I'll do the honors. <laughs> Help yourself. Okay. <laughs> um, in October, you were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from the New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating on camera. Uh, you were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right, sad to say. Okay, so <laughs> let's start there. Okay. Um, to quote Jay Leno, what the hell were you thinking? Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't thinking very well or very much. And um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I think one point, I, I wouldn't exactly say in my defense, because nothing is really in my defense. I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You so, thought that you had turned off your camera? Correct. I thought that I had turned <laughs> off the Zoom call. Now, that's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and indefensible. But, I mean, that, that, is, part of, that, that is part of the story. Um, and, you know, I have spent the seven subsequent months, miserable months in my life, I can certainly 
confess, um, trying to be a better person. I mean, in therapy, trying to do some public service, um, working in a food bank, which I certainly am going to continue to do, working on a new book about the Oklahoma City bombing. But I am trying to become the kind of person that people can trust again. Daryl Scott. <laughs> You know, some people must want to be famous so badly that they just don't know when to step away from the spotlight. I mean, first of all, I mean, let's, I got to unpack this guy, what he said now. I mean, he thought they went to break, and what did he say to himself? Oh, good. I'm glad they don't break. I can get me one in real quick. <laughs> like, while the Zoom call was going on, this was going through his mind. Like, I'd be glad when this is over so I can get busy. And he was in such of a rush, he didn't hit the right button to turn the camera off. Then what did he do? Had the camera positioned so it could see him. And then now he said he went to therapy. Where the heck do you sign up for masturbation therapy at? I, I mean, what do they do in masturbation therapy? I, I don't get it. I mean, this is part of the course for CNN. They overlooked Don Lemon having a gay sexual assault on a bartender. Yep. You got Cuomo, they minimized his stuff. Uh, uh, now they're minimizing tubing. Yep. And so, you know, they coined a new term for people to do that. They say, let me go tubing it. So now this guy here, I don't get it. Bruce, um, yeah, Bruce, you know, there are a lot of unemployed lawyers. Lawyers are a dime a dozen. Isn't there any other legal analyst out there they could put on air besides this guy? Yeah, you know, listen, thanks. What I, this is what I recall. All of us on the panel, all the way back from 15, we did a lot of hits on that network. And I have to say, yep. it's it's a culture. I mean, it's, it's an unfortunate spirit culture over there these i mean these guys are you know all the 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 how they came after the president trump how they came after they how they attacked me or pastor Dar, anyone on these shows and i'm sitting here like you know okay finally you, you now, now you see what it's like and then they sit here and give this guy a pass you know let him go on tucker let him come on your show and then, then you ask the questions dr g and see oh. if you don't well, maybe, I don't know. I'll give you some softballs if you need some. But, I mean, <laughs> my God, man. It's such, it's, what, I, I can't explain poor, the hypocrisy. Poor Allison. <laughs> aren't you, both, both of you have hosted shows, lots of shows. And weren't you just picturing her, Allison Camarado, who, by the way, used to be on Fox. Um, weren't you picturing her getting her, her productive stuff that morning, you know, in the rundown. And she's sitting there. and oh. she, uh, well, Huh? <laughs> I gotta hey, do what? Hey, I'm, I'm wondering who was on those other Zoom calls that would entice him to to do that. Who was yeah, on really. the other end? Who was he yeah, excited and, about? And, and, and you're what. right, Bruce. You make a great point because all of us used to do hits on CNN. We all huh. used to make appearances on CNN, and CNN has cut off anyone who has anything reasonable to say, pretty much, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I tell you this much though. I bet it wasn't his first time. This just was his oh. first time getting caught. It wasn't his first time doing that. It might have been something he did. He might have had some Zoom fetish that every time he did a Zoom call, he would finish his call by tubing it. 
Why, hey, why do I G. feel like you might address this on your show on Saturday night? Why, why well, I got to smack him feeling? down. I'm going to smack him down, boy. Hey, I want you to find out who he was on those calls with. Can you please find that out? Yeah, that hey, would be interesting. Whoever, no, Alice hey, should have asked was, that. I, hey, Bruce, I whoever you, it was, they, they, was pro- they were so disgusted they told on him. <laughs> yeah. So they must not yep, have been exactly impressed. for sure. They well, were not you know, impressed. You guys, I think... I think, I think Daryl, you should invite him on SmackDown on Saturday night and see if he comes on, and then you can ask him that question. But we're unfortunately out of time. So make sure you do turn in to SmackDown. Tune in, rather, to SmackDown on Saturday night. I promise you won't see anything like that. Uh, but I do uh, promise you a great show. Daryl Scott and Bruce Lavelle, thanks for being here. And uh, catch SmackDown with Daryl Scott Saturday night, 7 p.m., right here on RAV. And we'll be back with you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody.